This is Rugga Matrix America. Welcome everybody to the show. This is show number 99. Here, this is Alex Goff with RugbyMag.com and joined as usual by Pat Clifton and Bruce McLean. We have a great guest today. We have Jack Clark from the University of California on this show. And we're excited to talk a lot about uh, college rugby. But before we get there, just wanted to remind you that Rugby Matrix America is brought to you by the USA 7's International Rugby Tournament. Go to USA7s.com to get information about the cool new tournament hotel, which is the Monte Carlo. Very exciting about that. Um, February 8th, 9th, and 10th is when the tournament is. It's really exciting, uh, really fun to be there. Uh, make sure USA7s.com. And if you want to play when you go to Vegas, don't forget the Las Vegas Invitational, the LVI. You can also check that at USA7s.com. Go play, then stay on and watch the tournament. We're also brought to you by Hooker Wines. Check out HookerWines.com. Very excited to have them on board. And the RugbySite.com coaching site. We'll have more details on them in future shows. But first, we are here with Jack Clark, head coach of the University of California varsity rugby program. And Jack, welcome to the show. Thanks, Alex. How are you doing, guys? Good. Welcome to the show. Always good to have you. Show 99. Show 99. The 99 call and the line out in the old days where you just turn around and punch your opposite? That may, that may well be the case. Uh, and, I'm not going to get punched, am I? No. And, no and, and it, it, Something tells me that you and Willie John McBride might have had the same attitude <laughs> and, and possibly may have laid a fist or two in your day. I, I, maybe one. Maybe I, heard two. A, I heard a story, actually, Jack. You, you, maybe not Willie John McBride, but I think it was Graham Price and you actually had a a meeting of the minds on a in a game. Yeah, yeah, he he did all the uh he did all the punching, I did all the hurting. <laughs> and uh yeah, Graham Price also a uh, pretty formidable character, Welsh prop, uh, if people don't know about that. Um wanted to start though and talk a little bit about modern times and and Jack uh University of California Got on the field for the earliest I think you've ever been on the field. Uh, just a couple of weeks ago, you were in Columbus for the Buckeye Sevens, and you got to play some sevens there. You won that, um, although it was really more of a warm-up thing and uh, perhaps a cross-promotional trip because Cal football was playing at Ohio State. Um, what is it like for you? Because you've always been so detailed about how you prepare these players and get everybody ready for your 15 season. You've now got a seven season to play in the fall. You go get them ready for that. Uh, take a break over the winter break. Then you've got 15s and then you've got sevens again. Uh, uh, probably I'm, I'm assuming for the fourth year in a row at the CRC. So um, how do you handle that? <laughs> with a, um, with a degree of apprehension, really. I mean, I, I, th I think you're right, Alex. We've, We've done a pretty good job of playing our best rugby uh, at the end of the year in late spring, and um, sometimes we're better than others other times, but we're probably playing our best rugby at the right time. And, you know, playing this early, even in the seven-a-side game, only about half of the guys um, are participating in, in, our, in our sevens campaign. But, you know, I have no doubt that when it's all over, we'll have to sit down and audit, you know, it, the effect on 15s, whether we got some of this seven stuff right. Um, you know, a lot of times when you do that, most things are inconclusive, but there are typically a few things that you figured out you've done right and you want to build on, and then there's some uh, things that you, you needed to immediately alter your ways and go the other direction on. So um, we're just going to try to get through this first season and, uh, and then learn our lessons and, and then make adjustments as we go. Now, if you end up concluding that you've I don't know, overused a player or, um, you know, the team doesn't finish on a high the way you want them to, you don't, you don't know that until it happens. So yeah. in a way you're, you're paying for it right at the critical moment. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So, you know, there, there's adjustments you can make and, you know, this is about, um, a lot of it's just about volume, you know, how, how, how many tackles you guy you ask a guy to make over the, the course of what is now the entire academic year. So, um, and, and, you know, we've got some players that have been pretty busy during the summer with uh, being in Eagle camps, like a guy like Seamus Kelly, who, 
then of course straight into the All-Americans tour. And you know we've had to you know wrap him in in wool cloth here for the early part of the seventh season, and you know try to look after him just a little bit to make sure that you know we're not asking too much of him or or really any of the players. Um, so. Like you know, we'll just get into it and see where it takes us, and we're really excited about it. Though it it, it makes a lot of sense to dedicate the the autumn to sevens, and uh, and as you know, there's a USA Rugby Championship at the end of autumn, and so I think there's a lot of teams on the West Coast that are you know trying to play in three or four or five tournaments leading up to maybe an opportunity to participate in the USA National Championships. How important is that national championship compared to a 15s national championship or winning the, C- the CRC, which um, I don't have to remind you, you haven't done yet. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're welcome. Anytime. Um, what would you, do you, do you um, compare an importance to those or do you just say, Hey, it's a championship. A championship is a championship. Yeah. I, I haven't really thought much about it to tell you the truth. I mean, we're, you know, we'd like to win some tournaments, <laughs> This year we haven't, we, you know, we haven't, you know, we have, we don't have a lot of sevens experience, and we we have no experience in in winning sevens tournaments. So uh, maybe that's the first step for us is to, you know, see if we can, you know, get off to a good start on one of these Saturdays and wake up the next morning on Sunday and play well. And uh, I, we're pretty happy with how things went in in Columbus. And all, all, you know, it was obviously a, a small tournament, but I, I think we, you know, we we. We did pretty well. Not 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 great, but we did pretty well, and it's something we can build on. We're looking forward to going to Cal Poly here for a one-day tournament uh, next uh, next weekend, and and then a couple weeks later we're at Stanford, and then a couple weeks later than that we're at our our our, our PAC uh, Sevens Championship. So uh, we've got a lot to look forward to, and we just have to build over time and just try to win some tournaments. Are you interested in going down and playing in Texas A&M for the USA Rugby National Championship? Well, we haven't qualified for it, so um, you know, until you qualify, I guess you can't make that decision. But I imagine that you know the guys would be keen to go. You know, if we could, if we could qualify, I think we'd go. Yeah. You also have, uh, you know, we we talked we talked about this before, the the change in the 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 co- competition for Cal, and the, the next thing on the agenda is the Varsity Cup. Um, this is a new competition. Uh, put together that that involves uh, at latest count eight teams, four in the east, four in the west, uh, to to work on work towards sort of an a, an elite level competition. And um, you've had some uh, difficulties in trying to mesh that with the D1A schedule. I know that is, uh, that's an issue. But first of all, tell me a little bit about how the, the Varsity Cup is looking to you now. How do you feel about it now that, it, that it's um, a definite thing? Well, we were um, really, really pleased to receive an invitation. And, uh, you know, this is, um, this is the brainchild of David, David Smith and his colleagues at, at Brigham Young and we think it's really a, you know, a well-conceived competition, and really happy to be invited. I think the teams are the kind of teams that, uh, you know, really challenge. I mean, we've had some, you know, great games over the years with the Air Force Academy, and and you know, we've we've lost to them in a, in a semifinal of the national championships, and great games with the, with the Naval Academy, and you know, you have an iconic brand like Notre Dame in there, who really really on the on the upswing, and and uh, a lot of battles with. Um, uh, you know, with Utah, and then of course, you know, our games with Brigham Young over the years have been really been epic. I think partly because the level of rugby's been pretty high, and and partly because there was you know so much to win or lose because of you know the magnitude of the games being in the national championship. So, yeah, these are the, these are really good partners for us. So we're excited to um, get this pack rugby conference going, and and, and to play in our PAC conference and then at the end to consider the varsity cup, uh, our postseason, and, uh, and to see if we can build something. I, I think that's really what, um, Alex, the varsity cup is about to me. And that's, that's building rugby. Um, and when I say that I I'm talking about, uh, you know, more fans and, uh, more media, uh, more corporate partners and, uh, more athletes, more and better athletes. So if we if we if we do those four things, we're, we're building rugby, and I think the Varsity Cup is a really good vehicle for doing that. Well, you know, when you talk about getting more fans in and, and that sort of thing, um, where are those fans going to be going? Do we have any idea of uh, of what a playoff structure might look like, or where games would be hosted? 
No, I I, I, I don't. I, I think that's uh, I think David Smith will lead a, lead a discussion as he has um, for all the participants, you know, at some point. Um, but we haven't had those discussions yet. And is is David like? Do you have, give him the title of commissioner, or is there? A, do you guys all just get together, all the coaches, and 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 talk? You know, on a conference call every once in a while, or how? What's is there an official? Who's leading it, or or title, or executive committee, or anything like that? No, no. I mean, you know, there's not that many of us, right? So it's it's right. kind of a flat structure where, you know, anyone has an idea, they throw it on the table, and and it's uh, and it's decided. I think David's had a, a really strong vision, which is has played out to uh, to be a very attractive vision to a lot of us. But at this point, we're just uh, you know kind of all contributing uh, to um, to the success of it as best we can. Uh, I mean, there's been some dates discussed, and and we've gone back to. Uh, something that's really, really attractive, especially to Cal, I think, is going back to what were the traditional dates for the USA Rugby postseason, which began in late April, those last two weekends of April, and then you know culminated in the first weekend in May. And and every every school is different, but for us, that really that hits the sweet spot of our academic calendar, and it it makes sure that we're not playing rugby during dead week and finals and graduation and. Um, you know, in 2011, we proved we could do that uh, on our way to a championship. But it, it, it was something I didn't didn't ever want to repeat again. I'll tell you that. So I'm I'm really happy that the that the competition window of the Varsity Cup is when it is. One of the other aspects of the Varsity Cup, Jack, as I understand it, is uh, at least trying to avoid that uh, two-game weekend. As, as you've been dealing with for years and years and years, uh, playing two, playing a game on Friday and then on Saturday or playing Saturday and Sunday. Um, how important is it among the things that you, when you look at how you put together a competition, how you put together uh, a season, how important is it to avoid that? Um, well, I, I think it's uh, different for different teams. I, I mean, I, you know, we typically during the Cal regular season, we look for those opportunities it's an opportunity to uh, you know play more guys, and I don't think we always ask a guy to play two games in a row, and and we typically have the the latitude to make sure you know we're not you know we're not playing a game within you know 24 hours of the other one, and and uh, uh, so you know it, it doesn't bother us to do that. Now that we're not going to do that in the Varsity Cup, and nor should we really. As you get into postseason rugby, I think everyone agrees that it it should be you know, one game per week and certainly one game, you know, per weekend. And of course the challenge is to um to make that work economically. I mean the, the beauty of of um of, of small tournaments is it's it's kind of one venue set up, one venue expense, you know, one potentially one broadcast expense. Uh so there's some economies of scale in, in playing those two day tournaments, but I think from a competitive standpoint it's it's probably better and certainly from a if if teams are asking their players to play you know two games in a row um just from a player welfare standpoint it probably doesn't make sense to do that so um and the varsity cup will be three consecutive weekends and you know a knockout tournament playing towards the championship well i'll ask you jack because you're going back a little bit to what you were saying about bringing in some corporate partners and um you know putting butts in seats and that sort of thing um just talking to you offline in a private conversation i know um, we talked a little bit about USA Rugby and kind of its history of, you know, a few years ago, the National Guard being this big sponsor and um, giving a lot of money to USA Rugby and National Guard being plastered all over lots of college games and all over the championships, their logo everywhere. And then um, the college teams themselves not really reaping the rewards of that um, in terms of still picking up your travel expenses and whatnot. Um, and, and when you step out and you make a, a competition like the Varsity Cup and you state that one of the goals is to you know, bring in the corporate partners and really get some sponsorship and that sort of stuff. Um, it's one, I, you know, I, whether that's the intention or not, it kind of seems like, well, we, we never gotten it before. We're going to try doing our own, but does it put a little pressure on you to, to actually make it come to fruition now that you're saying, Hey, I think we can do it separately. Um, uh, does it put any pressure on you to actually to follow through? Well, I think it puts pressure on, on all of us. I mean, I, you know, I, I think, uh, it's a, it's a pretty interesting time, Pat, in, in college rugby, really in, in rugby in general in America. I mean, you know, we just can't we, – we, we've said this before on the call. You know, we, we can't underestimate what those five rings do to us by way of credibility. It's the exact right prescription for our game, which, which probably lacked some sporting credibility. And, uh, 
you know, got a bit clubby. And uh, so nothing clubby about those five rings, right? So, um, and, and, and of course, we've got some broadcast interest now, and that broadcast interest is bought, at least for the CRC, some household name sponsors. Um, we've seen a real growth in our rugby at Cal. Um, we, we've been, you know, we've been without a home game for two years, and yet our rugby is, is kind of grown commercially. So there's a lot of opportunity. Is there pressure? Sure. I mean, it, you know, we're, we all want the same thing. It's not like anyone's ideas are necessarily better than anyone else's. I think we're all working in the same direction, which is to, to try to grow the game. Um, and and I think, you know, we have to build the right competitions to do it. The Varsity Cup appears to me to be a competition that, that at some point in time will be will be, you know, worthy of media attention and be worthy of uh, of, of, of corporate sponsors. Um, whether we do it year one or year three, it, it doesn't really matter. I, I mean, we, we've got 30 years at Cal of playing in the USA rugby postseasons, and uh, um, it's been good. I, I mean, it's it's been it's been a good experience uh, for our teams. I've been there just about every one of those years, and uh, we've we've paid. Um, about a million dollars, about a million dollars to participate in the USA Rugby postseason, and and obviously if you, you know, that that's that's a multiple of, of a million dollars if uh, uh, since some of that was paid you know three decades ago, um, and you know I, I we did that for our own purposes. We did that because that was our investment that we were making in our rugby. It helped us grow our brand internally on our campus and in our stakeholder community. Um, no regrets. It was the right thing to do. But I also think it, over time you have to step back and you have to say, well, is this working? Is there a chance that this will work better in the future than in what it's worked in the past? And I'm not so sure it will. You know, I'm not so sure that you know we're going to be able to bring you know more fans to the game and more media to the game and uh, more corporate sponsors to the game doing what we've been doing in the postseason. So it might be time to to look at other options. And if looking at those options and trying to do something, um, you know, frightens you, it's probably uh, it's probably not for you. But it doesn't frighten us. I mean, we we might fail, we <laughs> we might succeed, but it's worth giving it a try. Jack, I think this is I think this is a great idea, and I definitely think that uh, you know there there are places for multiple competitions and 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 things of that nature, but there also is. The competitive aspect of it, which obviously with BYU, Utah, and yourselves, that that gives massive credibility to it. But on the other hand, the players are kind of missing out on – I know you're going to be playing St. Mary's, but they are missing out on the – are they missing out – I'm not going to say they are. That's my opinion. Are – how do you feel about, like, say, a life in Arkansas State, although they aren't major brand names in in the world of traditional American sports, they are brand names in the rugby world, and and there are sports that are ancillary sports like wrestling or or water polo or things of that nature, volleyball, where different schools, even baseball for that matter, where, where different smaller schools are able to really be major players. And is there a place for the non-traditional sport powerhouses to have a place with, for lack of a better term, the big boys? And I know you get it in sevens. It, it, you know what I'm saying. I, you're a competitor, yeah, I think, I, and I know you want a piece of everyone. It's just, and, and I know there's not enough time to get a piece of everyone, but does that kind yeah. of get you a little bit? Yeah, there was a lot in your question there, Bruce, but, but uh, let me just try to take a crack at a couple of those things. You know, I think the players are, are really in a good place, right? Because, I mean, we get to play in a really competitive conference, the back conference, and along the way we get to, you know, play our traditional rivals, rivals like Brigham, uh, like uh, – um, the, the varsity cup teams later on and um, British Columbia home and away. And as you mentioned, St. Mary's college and, and the Cal Poly's of the world. And so we're still playing the same teams we've always played. And, um, um, you know, so I think from their standpoint, you know, they're happy, you know, I think we'll have a very challenging, uh, we'll have a very challenging schedule. 
Um, as for the two teams you mentioned, Life and Arkansas State, I mean, we've enjoyed playing them. Uh, we've we played uh, Life as recently as 2011 in 15s, and of course played them this past uh, this past summer in sevens, and we played. Um, uh, Arkansas State in 2010. Arkansas State, uh, it, my understanding that David Smith offered Arkansas State the uh, opportunity to play in the Varsity Cup. So, um, yeah, we might have played them more frequently. So, yeah, I, I, I think this is just about trying to build competitions. This is not about trying to not play people. This is about trying to play people that, uh, that challenge you as a team, that, that create a really good experience for the players, and that help you know build and grow the game. I've talked to a couple of coaches about this, Jack, but I don't think we've ever really addressed it with you. Um, there's a lot of talk during some of this, you know, realignment reshuffle um, over the summer and the last several months about, um, you know, academic prestige or what it takes to get into a certain university. Um, did you take that into account when you're looking at your schedule and who you want to play? Um, the fact that there's a perceived, um, you know, inferiority with some teams like or schools like Davenport and what it takes to get into them or some of the NAI schools about whether they're truly you know got the best academic reputation in the world do you take that stuff into consideration when you're looking at the competitions you want to play and teams you want to play in one-offs and that sort of thing and does no. the varsity cup take it into account when it's looking at the teams that it might want to invite uh, academic, uh, the academic credibility of the institution. Oh, I don't know about for the varsity cup. I mean, that'd probably be better uh, directed towards Dave, but, um, no, I mean, Cal doesn't, I mean, you know, we play university teams is what we play. And now that doesn't mean that, you know, when you're playing against Stanford, you don't acknowledge that, you know, hey, that's, that's a, that's a, that's a, that's a tough institution. You know, when you're playing against Dartmouth, that you don't acknowledge, that you know it's a four-year institution there's no there's no five-year kid running around there you know much less six seven eight-year kid like there is in some of these places and uh, i think you know it's more about celebrating the, the places where you know they're really they're, there's true student athletes and it's really a you know a difficult environment for them and you have to you have to admire what they do but uh no you, you play whoever's next on your schedule and that's what that's what we've always done um, now, conferences do align, though, right? I mean, that's what happens. Uh, you know, long before, you know, we started talking about conferences, teams decided who should be in the Big Ten and who shouldn't be in the Big Ten. You know, what, what, are our, what is the profile of the teams that are in the Big Ten and the SEC and on and on. So I, I think there's always been um, uh, a desire for, for schools to kind of align themselves with, with somewhat like schools. And uh, – I think in rugby we do less of that than they do in the, the more traditional sporting communities, and, and it's probably good for us that we do. Hey, everybody. This is Alex Goff with RugbyMag.com taking a break from the show just to tell you a little bit about uh, two of the biggest events going on on the American rugby calendar. That would be the USA Sevens and the Las Vegas Invitational. That's all happening in February in Las Vegas. Nice that they're both happening at the same time, isn't it? So the LVI is February 7th, 8th, and 9th. And then the USA Sevens is February 8th, 9th, and 10th in Las Vegas. The LVI is when you get to play and see some of the most exciting rugby teams from around the country. You see international teams playing in the Elite Sevens. You see the CRC Qualifier teams playing for a chance to play on NBC at the CRC in June. You see kids. You see the high school All-Americans playing Sevens. Really, really very exciting group of teams, 250-plus plan to be in Las Vegas. You should go see it. You should go play in it. Really exciting. Go to USA7s.com, click on the LVI tag there, and get involved. At the same time, of course, you get to see the USA7s uh, international tournament. Now, I know that I, I work for RugbyMag.com, and we're owned by USA7s, and, and I freely acknowledge that there's a connection there, but I've been reporting on the USA7 since it started in 2004, and that was before USA7s LLC got involved in it. That's before I was involved in it in any business sort of way. I just reported on it. This event is the, one of the greatest things to happen to American rugby. To have this international event, to have international teams come in, uh, worldwide television uh, exposure, to expose the, our country to this great game. And, and if you're not a Sevens fan, it doesn't really matter because people see it and it's rugby and it's Olympic rugby. And to expose everybody to this in such a great town in Las Vegas is a really special thing. If you haven't gone... 
And if you haven't gone to the USA 7s, you should really consider going. It's an, a tremendous value for the price of the tickets. Tickets are really not expensive. You can spend all day there. You can spend a little bit of the day there. You can go there. You can come back. All kinds of flexibility to go enjoy not only the USA 7s, but then enjoy Las Vegas. Take somebody special with you, who, even if they're not a rugby fan. They can watch a little rugby. Perhaps you can win them over, and then you can go enjoy the city. It is really something to consider. It is uh, an important weekend for American rugby, and it's important also for the United States national teams. We'll see uh, the USA women again will be there in the international women's event, and then you'll also see the USA men playing in the tournament uh, as usual, and they need you there to cheer them on. USA7s.com, that's where you get all the information. Great ticket deals. Monte Carlo is the name hotel. It's where you need to be. Jack, talking about schedule, we... uh, we posted an interview with Kevin Battle, who's the D1A commissioner on RugbyMag.com, uh, interview conducted by Pat. And uh, in it, we talked a little bit about the, the conflict, uh, the perceived conflict between the Varsity Cup teams and the, D1A, the D1A schedule. And it seemed to come down to conflicting playoff dates when Varsity Cup wanted to play and when D1A wanted to play. Um, Kevin said that D1A representatives offered to move playoff dates to accommodate um, both teams, and that those efforts, to quote him, those efforts were rejected by the Varsity Cup teams. Um, and in the end, what's happened is that if you're in the Varsity Cup, you can't be in D1A. Um, does how how do you feel about that? Well, two issues there to my way of thinking, and first is just the scheduling of the competition. I, I think that there were um, there were some people uh, outside of the Varsity Cup who rightly wanted to make sure that teams could play in both postseasons, and I and I get that, and I think there's probably there might even be some Varsity Cup teams that would like to play in both competitions. Uh, you know, I don't know how practical it is. Um, you know, for us, you know, we just left a competition that had us playing in mid-May, and you know, so we're not going to go to a competition that's playing in mid-May at this point. Uh, That's not what we're going to do. So, as I mentioned before, one of the things that's really attractive to us about the Varsity Cup is the window of time in which it's played. Now, there's only, you know, there's only so many weekends within within that kind of give yourself enough time to play a regular season and now make sure you're you're winding this thing up around finals and certainly not leaving the kids uh, with rugby to be played when they don't even have housing on campus anymore. I mean, those are some of the issues that, that you run into when you, when you get on the other side of the, the, the academic year. So I think it's a, it's a difficult thing to, to try to fit both these competitions in. I would never, you know, close my, my, uh, my thoughts to, you know, keep trying to work it, work it through. I mean, at this point we're, we're committed to the varsity cup, but if there was an opportunity to, to play in both, we would, uh, you know, we might consider it. We have enough players in the program. Uh, I don't know that we could put out our, you know, our top team in both, but we could, we we could somehow, you know, create some kind of a plan around, uh, around competing in both. So maybe, maybe going forward in, 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 in 13, 14 and beyond, maybe that's an option. But the other point you brought up is I think the far bigger of the point, um, the far bigger point. And that's that, if you if a team elects not to participate in the USA rugby postseason that somehow you know the national governing body has you know the right to be predatory against them i think that's a pretty pretty tough pill to swallow for teams that are you know in good standing with USA rugby um, i mean there's no precedent for that right i mean for, you, know, you guys have all been in the game for a long time and you know, we've all seen lots of teams qualify for the USA Rugby postseason and then just decide not to go. They decide not to go for all kinds of reasons, right? Institutional direction, maybe. Um, maybe they don't have the funds to go. Maybe there's a conflict academically. I mean, there's a lot of reasons why teams wouldn't go to a postseason. So, and and this happened as recently as last fall. I mean, there were a lot of teams. Uh, Pat, you asked me the question if we'd go if we qualified. But and you asked that question because I think there were a lot of teams last year that qualified for the USA College Sevens Championship and just decided not to go. Just decided that wasn't the right competition for them for for a variety of reasons, I'm sure. 
And and I I'm I'm not so sure I want the national governing body to be able to tell a team, well, you know, if one of your teams in this conference goes to the varsity cup, then this entire conference has to be division one double A. That doesn't seem right to me. It doesn't seem right to me that 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 BYU and the Air Force Academy, you know, can't be in the Western Conference because they don't want to go to the USA rugby postseason or that Notre Dame can't be in a conference because they don't they don't want to go to the USA rugby postseason. I think what we have to acknowledge is that, you know, part of this fluid, you know, period that we're in in college rugby is there's going to be some good ideas. There's going to be, you know, one conference, maybe maybe it's going to be the ACRL is going to play the, the Southeast Conference in, in a bowl game. And, and that has to be okay. I mean, we have to empower those teams to, to do what they think is best for their rugby and for their students and for their universities. And as long as they're in good standing with USA Rugby, you know, I don't expect that the national governing body would be, you know, predatory against them. Tell them, well, then you can't be in this conference and you can't be in that conference or you can only play in this division. Um, I don't think that's going to be the right way going forward. So two issues there, and I, but I certainly have opinions about both. Let me Do you think follow that- up, Jack, if I, if I can. Um, Firstly, I wanted to ask a couple, a couple two-prong questions here, essentially. Um, one was looking at Kevin's, you know, when I asked him for his reasoning, um, Kevin, the D1A commissioner, Kevin Battle, that is, um, in the interview we're talking about here, um, what, what his reasoning was or what the D1A's reasoning was for excluding um, some of those teams, he basically said they didn't want to force teams to spend money to travel to games that don't count towards the postseason or um, wouldn't would be what they would deem meaningful games. Do you not do? Do you buy that as a um, as as a as a good reasoning? A and B. I guess part of it would be my understanding was um, at the meeting down in Houston back in June. Um, it was really the teams that kind of drove this policy that USA Rugby is enforcing, saying you know the, the D1A teams weren't interested in having you know teams compete that weren't going to play in the postseason. So I guess that's kind of a, a two pronged question: is um, is that the is that the understanding you have that it was sort of the teams that have driven this policy and not just a couple of USA Rugby um, directors and um, and what do you think of Kevin's reasoning that he provided? Yeah, Pat, I'll I'll, I'll try to answer the the second question first. You, you know, no, I don't accept that. You know, a vote of you know D1A coaches. Um, creates a policy along these lines. I mean, we're talking about discriminating against teams. And I don't think that the national governing body can can discriminate against teams in good standing um, under any circumstances, not, not by not not by giving the authority to others to vote on it. Uh, I just, you know, that doesn't that doesn't make sense to me. Um, and and you know, I think you do bring up a good point though. I mean, if so if uh, if, if what teams are saying is, uh, you know, it's my turn to travel to, um, you know, Provo, and um, and because, you know, that game isn't going to mean much, um, you know, I don't want to do that. I, I think that's short-sighted. Uh, I, I think that uh, there ought to be a longer view that says, well, that when BYU, as, as, the, as the defending national champions, um, comes to your your area you you've got something to sell there you you know and we've got to start thinking somewhat along those commercial lines we we all put on our thinking cap when it comes to the one game of the national championship but we ought to put on our grow rugby you know commercial hat for the three four months of the regular season (laughs) that's when we have a lot more opportunities to to kind of grow rugby on our campuses. So I think it's, you know, the idea that, you know, the Naval Academy is, is somehow not good for your rugby o- over the long haul playing them. I mean, that's that's crazy. Somehow playing, you know, the iconic brand, as I mentioned, like Notre Dame. I mean, that just doesn't make any sense to me that that's just a, that's just a cost to you. Um, if it is, then you ought to probably get some people to help you um, you know, kind of realign your thinking about what it is you have to sell, because uh, I think these are some of the, the varsity cup teams are some of the better teams in the country. And I think playing those teams is, is good for your, is good for your rugby. It's good. It's good. It'll be a good game for your players and it'll be uh, it'll be a good game for you to sell. So you, when that game comes to your campus, um, you know, you should make them, you should make money on it. We would make money on it at Cal. Right. Is I got, I got a question about, Rugby's similar to football in that, you know, you basically can play about once a week or once every few days. I mean, really, really not more than once every four or five days safely. You, 
is it diluted? Is it overly diluted? And are we trying to put a, have we tried in the past to put something of a basketball model into rugby where we just, you know, in basketball, they can play Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Well, you know, they play the Thursday, Thursday, Saturday, Friday, Sunday, and go through their tournament. And then obviously there's, there's millions of dollars at stake, or at least in the first couple rounds, hundreds of thousands for each team that, is it overly diluted? Is, is there, is is it difficult? You know, and then the other thing is, is when you have a smaller competition, say it was ten or twelve or, or fourteen teams, say the CPD was that, you can have some really awesome teams that are one and six, and and that's a difficult pill to swallow for what is a really awesome team, relative to everyone else, and is that good? It, it probably. It probably isn't good, I don't think, because I think that teams, good teams almost deserve to have a winning record. Like, it's hard to say we're the number 10 team in the country, but we're 2-5. and five. But there's, there's got to be something to say, hey, these are the teams, and we, we got to – let's try to get the best teams playing each other, but allow them to play within their – within the realm of the competition that they enjoy as well. Well, I don't think there's any doubt that the the new conference uh, schedules um, that we're seeing, where especially where we're aligning uh, rugby teams to traditional conferences, uh, I noticed that uh, Kevin um, offered in in the interview with you, Pat, that that was you know part of USA Rugby's you know solution. I think well, great, <laughs> but I think that started with a bunch of conferences. I know in the pack we were pretty late to the party, but. Um, it made a lot of sense to us. I mean, you know, I remember having a conversation with some of the coaches in the Southeast who said that, you know, hey, listen, you know, in this part of the world, when you go play Auburn, you know, the, the you know, the, the you know, the, the players know and the student body knows and the professors know and, you know, everyone wants wants you to go do well because that's our that's a traditional team that we play in this part of the world. And and I get that. I get that that's that's a way to to, to grow the game of rugby. And and you know that's what we're going to do, you know, within uh, you know the the, the PAC conference. We we've got a ways to go. Um, we don't all not all the teams are, um, are are probably high performance teams. Some of them are are pretty recreational. But we we do have a lot of teams that are going about this really right. I'm really proud of a bunch of these teams. And we think that we can spread that message and we can grow it within our conference. And I see this as part of the answer, and um, that's where all my focus is going. And uh, you know, I'm not putting much focus into the postseason. And uh, I'm happy to go play in this varsity cup because it makes some sense to me. And uh, I'll let everyone else, you know, worry about what what they want to do in their postseason. But I, I think the idea of growing rugby um, in conferences against traditional opponents to help kind of rally the stakeholder base and, and to rally the student body, it makes sense. And maybe that's what you're talking about, Bruce, about, you know, playing locally. But in, in our case, that's, you know, from you know, that's Oregon to Arizona. It's not, it's not all that local. It's, it's the, you know, it's the length of the continent, but uh, almost, or at least the length of America. But uh, it's the right thing for us. College, and I think D1A is kind of a weird, it's caught in between what kind of what Kevin said they're trying to do and what, has really been happening in D1A because you look at D1AA and you look at D2 and the model is, for, by and large, you get a conference together of the teams you want to play with, you get a commissioner, and then you guys make your own decisions. you got to come up with your own bylaws and constitution and this, that, and the other, and your, your own autonomous decision-making entity. Well, in Division A, those conferences haven't been like that. They've just been uh, – conferences haven't been true conferences. They've just been uh, a way a set up for you to play different teams. Um, so right now it's kind of a mix of that. I don't know that you look at the Mid-South and say that there's a commissioner there. There hasn't really been a commissioner in the – to my knowledge, there wasn't a commissioner in any of the conferences last year or the year before. Um, now you add the Big Ten, which has a commissioner and actually was kind of created in a more conference-like structure. But um, what's happening on the D1A level is kind of – I guess you could liken it to what's happened on the D1AA level in that there are teams that – other teams have come in together and decided we don't want to play that team. So we have independent teams out there. We have Eastern Carolina, uh, ECU sitting out there that's an independent. Um, you know, Notre Dame's an independent uh, because they've not jumped into a league, whether that was their choice or not. But, you know, we saw Texas Tech the year before. There are plenty of examples of teams that are getting 
cut out because of um, conferences making their own decisions. Now, I'm not going to argue that because D1A is a little bit different. I think that's part of where we have this problem. I think if all these different conferences had their own commissioners and they could vote on their own issues, um, I guess it may be a state's rights versus, um, you know, a federal sort of deal, but then they can make their own decisions on whether or not, say, BYU, they wanted BYU in. Wyoming, Colorado, Colorado State, they can all get together, and Northern Colorado and New Mexico can decide, do we want BYU in if they're not going to play in the postseason? Because we give that right to teams at the D1AA level, um, but it seems like we're kind of villainizing USA Rugby for, and this is assuming that in Houston, I wasn't in Houston in the meetings, this is assuming that indeed the player, the teams didn't want um, teams that weren't going to play in the postseason in the regular season. So assuming that that's the case, and I can't say with 100% certainty that it is, um, it's just a kind of interesting observation that I'm making here that we give D1AA teams and conferences the right to decide who they want to play against. But in D1A, we're somewhat villainizing USA Rugby for um, perhaps allowing you know, their teams to make their own decisions as well. Pat, the only clarification, and I think what you said is is, is absolutely right, and and I think we probably all agree that, you know, that you know the teams within a conference should decide the makeup of their conference. I mean, they, you know, you know they shouldn't be mandated that you got to have a team, right? I mean, I think that's that that's difficult to sell. They ought to have that that right to manage their affairs the way they see. But keep this in mind about D1A. And so it started with, you know, four if you will, USA Rugby Conferences, right? There were 31 teams, uh, meant to be 32, but never got there. There were 31 teams that were placed in, you know, four USA Rugby Conferences. And and it was a flat management structure where these teams got to decide their, their, their own fate, and they, got, they all had the ability to, um, you know, to vote and to decide, you know, how they were going to proceed with their business. But that's really changed, hasn't it? I mean, it's D1A in name only at this point, isn't it? I mean, we've had a dozen teams uh, drop out, uh, uh, the only two champions uh, among them, and, uh, and then a bunch of other really good teams that have made postseason appearances in that, in that old D1A. Um, and they've been replaced with, um, with, with other teams that don't have that um, competitive standing, that don't have that, that, that track record. So um, what we have is a mismatch at this point. I mean, we can't pretend that this is the old D1A because we have, in many cases, better teams in D1AA in some cases. So, you know, it, it's time just to take out a blank piece of paper, I think. And, and there's been a lot of focus on, uh, on the Varsity Cup. I mean, I think that's like the last thing that, that we have to worry about is who's going to what postseason. I mean, at this point, you know, we've got to get the governance right. You know, we've got to make sure that these committees that are, you know, uh, operating around college rugby make sense. And I, I talked to somebody on the, on the competitions committee and said, oh, we have nothing to do with D1A. I said, really? So the USA Rugby Competitions Committee has nothing to do with D1A rugby. Well, wow, that's crazy. And especially because now we have a, a bigger D1A rugby, um, to Bruce's dilution, uh, dilution point, which has been diluted by way of quality. And you now have a stronger double um, A conference. Uh, probably time to kind of rethink all of this. Just get the governance of this thing right. You know, decide some, some policy. I mean, the policy I'd start with is if a team's in good standing, um, you know, can can the national governing body be predatory against them? Yes or no? And if the answer is no to that, then then it does fall to the conferences, and then we can get busy creating some conferences. If somebody doesn't want BYU and and and, and the Air Force Academy in their conference, I guess what? Somebody else will want them in their conference. I promise you, because they're good teams, and uh, and it only raise the standard in that conference, make it the playing standard better, and make it more marketable. Um, so I, 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 yeah, we're we're caught in between all this, aren't we? I mean, we're 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 pretending like it's it was two years ago or or last year when in when in reality the world's changed a little bit, and we need to make sure that we get our our administrative architecture changed with where we are today, with the flexibility that there'll even be more changes. If you had a blank slate, if you had that blank slate, what would you do? Oh, I, I mean, you, listen, my, all of my focus right now, Bruce, is really on, on just trying to, you know, tie rugby to our opportunity. I mean, that's the only thing I'm thinking about. And, 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 
you know, probably a good time to acknowledge that I probably don't have any good ideas at all for for USA Rugby, and I appreciate how difficult it is. I mean, they're in a very difficult position. They have to treat, you know, a small chiropractic school from Marietta, Georgia, the same way they have to treat the Naval Academy, you know, the same way they have to treat Notre Dame, the same way they have to treat BYU, because that's that's the structure of an NGB. And, you know, that that – that makes sense from a fairness standpoint. It, you know, it, it probably creates issues from a from a commercial standpoint for them. So th- they've got a really tough job, and I think you got to acknowledge that USA Rugby has a very difficult job. And that's that's the chief executive all the way through the committees. And I don't pretend to have a lot of good ideas about it. What I do know is this: is that those five rings need to be leveraged. And I'm not talking about just some contracts for you know, a handful of guys to go down to San Diego. That's not leveraging. I'm talking about we need to leverage those five rings that were a real sport on every high school campus in America, on every university campus in America. We have to align our sport with, with, with the traditional conferences wherever we can, wherever it makes sense. Um, and we have to try to package our game a lot better. You know, we, we've got to – I mean, there's nothing wrong, you know, going to a public park and seeing a game of rugby. You know, I mean, it's great. But we have to get in better venues – and we've got to dress our game up and and package it well and make it ready for make it make it as good as all these other sports. I mean, I want to run by I want to run by lacrosse at some point. I want to run by soccer. And I, and I get these are great world games and I great and I get that they have maybe even deeper roots. Not maybe they certainly have deeper roots in the American sporting culture than than we do in rugby. But but we can overtake them. I mean, I you know we have 29 sports at Cal, and I I get that football and basketball are their own animals. But once you get past those two sports, you know I believe rugby can be the next most popular sport on our campus. You know it can have more fans attend. It can have it can have more media. It can have all those things to, to grow the sport. And and that's who we have to be competitive against is these other sports. We just have to grow our game. And anything that we can do to grow our game is good for me. And I, I don't want to bottle it up into, you know, who's the national champion and who's got a shiny goblet in their showcase. It, it, it has to be, you know, we've got to get on a, on our front foot a little bit and get competitive with these other sports. And that will include packaging our game better. Do you think that – I, I want to follow up on that because it's a, it's a big bugaboo of mine. I think that we in rugby tend to cater to the lowest common denominator and not the highest common denominator. And we tend to cater to the bottom feeder as if we need them. And and it, it's kind of like putting a team together. When you put a team together, you, you get your best players to buy in to your culture, and the other guys have to fall in line, and they will. And I think that that's pretty similar to how you would run a conference or, or, a, or a championship or an organization that wants to be competitive. As you said, we were sitting there listening to the – the problems of teams that say, well, we got to play this in a public, we don't have this, we don't have this, so we got to dumb you down to our level as opposed to them aspiring to build up to your level or the level of teams in, in a similar situation. Because the fact of the matter is, Cal and BYU started from scratch, as did life, as did, as did St. Mary's. They started from scratch. They started the same exact way that every other one of these teams started. That, so because you were able to, to do something, there, there's people who have a vision within these organizations, the Naval Academy, West Point, and, and Penn State, and different places. They, they were able to bring some of their vision to a fruition. But why, do, why are we sitting here worrying about the problems of everyone else instead of – and you, I mean, in fairness to you, you have been pretty outspoken and pretty uh, free with information as to how you built your program. In fact, in 1986, I went to a coaching clinic in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, that you gave on how to get money for your school. And when I was in college, I was a freshman, and in then that was we had two thousand dollars by my senior year. We had twenty-eight grand. We took buses to every game, had hotels, and had meal money for all the players. And it was ex- all I did was follow your model exactly and had zero alumni support. That was pure school support. So it, it, it's not something that you haven't been espousing for minimally almost 30 years. So like that's, 
I look at it and say that it's crazy. It might have been 1987. I might have been a sophomore, but whatever it was, it, it, you you've given interviews on Rugby Magazine on the exact same at thing. You know, you, and people have copied you, and the ones who have copied you or have copied that type of a model have been successful, and the ones who haven't haven't. And I think that we're feed, we're, we're we're catering the bottom feeders, and we're not catering to the to the upper echelon. And, and I think that's our biggest problem. And we're never going to leverage those five rings until we do it. Well, I, I guess we want a game for, you know, all, all different abilities and both genders and all kinds of body types. And um, I know you're not saying this, but I, I know we, we all acknowledge that the, the game should be and, you know, played recreationally in some places. Um, where, you know, you, you might train once or twice a week and you give it a lash on the weekends and you, you have some fun, and, and, and I'm good with that. I mean, I just want to make sure that we're we're equally as good at, at building, you know, the high-performance end of the game and, and that, you know, we give we give aspiring athletes, you know, a, a place to go play serious rugby if, that, if that's what they want to do. I mean, a lot of guys – a lot of guys are happy to, to play recreational rugby. I mean, I do a lot of things by way of sporting recreation, and, and I enjoy it. And I'm not trying to be very good at it. I'm just having a laugh. And uh, so, I mean, I, I think we want both is what we really want. And I don't think we want to cater to one or the other. We want both. And and what we're trying to do in the pack is to is to build a really – good rugby conference that, that has ties to our own universities and our own administrations and our own, and our own student bodies and our own stakeholder groups. And likewise has ties to, um, you know, the conference as a whole. I mean, it's, it's pretty exciting to have, you know, we have now a rugby page on the official PAC 12, um, rugby site, you know, and that's pretty exciting. I mean, you know, small steps, right? I mean, baby steps, but it's pretty exciting. And, and, you know, so I think there's only been a couple stories that have gone up at this point. And, uh, I think there's a new story getting ready to go up on, on all 12 teams coming to UCLA in November for the, for the pack sevens. Um, I, there'll be some competition, uh, stories up after that. And then before long, you know, we'll, we'll be able to feature the, the you know, the Utah's and the, and the Arizona States and, uh, and the Oregon states, those kind of schools, to give them, you know, a bit of feature within within the PAC uh, official conference, and uh, and then and then we'll be into match reports. We'll just be into you know weekly roundup and what's going on in the competition. You know, that that's a small thing, but it's a foot foothold inside the tent <laughs> uh, that that others take for granted. They take being in, you know, that, that they take that for for granted. They, I think, a lot of sports that I see feel entitled to that type of credibility of being inside of a, you know, an official website, um, you know, so to, so to be able to publish our rugby content in, 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 in an authentic way um, inside with that credibility is a big deal. And, and maybe we'll get a game on TV. Uh, who knows? I mean, you know, we've, we're, in, we're in conversations with them about broadcasting games. So th- there's, there's an exciting, you know, I think when we, when we try to um, maybe not, cater against recreational rugby but when we when we we try to focus on let's build something for those people that are attracted to this kind of rugby where just strict athletics um, I think it can it can really grow the game and this is what will help high school rugby this is what will help youth rugby this is what bring more fans and more media to the sport all right we will be right back we'll talk a little bit more about that we're with Jack Clark here on Rugger Matrix America Hey fans, go to RugbyImports.com for all your rugby outfitting needs. Whether you're kitting out your team with our American-made jerseys, stocking up on training supplies, or just getting a new pair of boots, Rugby Imports has all you need for on the field and off. Go to RugbyImports.com. Okay, we're back on Rugby Matrix America. We're talking with Jack Clark from University of California. And Jack, uh, one one of the things I, I wanted to try and just sort of take a lot of the things we said and... and try to sum up some of it and i think one of the things is that um d1a and d1aa seems to be morphing into sort of a nfl and afl thing where they're two that they're not it's it's not two gradations of a competition where d1a is better than d1aa but more two parallel competitions where you could 
take a random group of five teams and you would not be able to identify which teams were the elite level and which teams weren't. So it's it's kind of confusing. And I guess that's I feel like that's one of the things you've been saying about uh, about it. And then talk about USA Rugby's role. And as you said, I believe USA Rugby really shouldn't be telling people that uh, you, your conference, Big Ten Conference, you have to accept this team into it. You have to accept that team into it. They shouldn't be dictating who, what teams are accepted into the conferences. But what they can do is then look around and say, which conferences are the elite level perhaps that go into a D1A and which con- conferences don't. At, at Right now, it seems to be confusing. Maybe the term free-for-all seems appropriate. Uh, so, so the response is let's just worry about our our area. Let's just worry. You, know, you go back to the PAC, the PAC-12, the PAC rugby. Uh, let's worry about our area. You've got a group of like-minded schools, very competitive, which is nice, coming together, working on their thing. Um, you've got that. Will you be happy with that? Um, it seems to me you also want more. You also want an, uh, a path to a national championship as well. But have you know? Have I summarized that accurately? The way you feel? Yeah, I think the analogy between the uh, the AFL analogy was was pretty interesting. I hadn't thought of that, but I I, I think you're right. Um, I think it is, it is becoming divisions of of equals uh, as opposed to you know these teams are clearly by way of their competitive abilities a division below. That's that's not the case. Um, and I think the one thing I would add, yes, USA Rugby can't be, um, you know, can't go tell some conference you have to accept this team. That that probably doesn't make sense. That that should be left up for those conference teams. But I, I don't like the idea. Um, and, and you know, we got this in writing in the pack from um, you know from employees within the within the rugby union that if one of your teams isn't going to go to the USA Rugby postseason then your entire conference can't be Division 1A. Really? I mean, is, is that, you know, in this period of time when this whole thing is this bloody confusing, we're going we're gonna to do that, and somehow somebody believes that's, that's going to help something? Um, we, and, you know, we have to acknowledge, USA Rugby, this is hard. I mean, it, it's hard, the position that they're in, and it's a dynamic position. And, you know, teams have the, you know, the right to self-govern. You know, USA Rugby doesn't own rugby. They own only their championships. And they can't get to the point where if you're not going to play in our championship, boy, we're going to isolate you. And eh, that, that doesn't work. I mean, uh, all that's going to do is tear the rugby union apart, I'm afraid. Um, uh, you know, so, no, I don't like the idea that, um, you know, if you decide it's best for you to go play in a bowl game or play in a varsity cup or not play at all for one whatever reason, <laughs> you know, because the timing of the event or academics, that somehow that, um, you know, you're told you can't be a Division One A team, you can't play in a Division One A conference for your regular season rugby, that doesn't seem right to me. You know, that doesn't seem right. I think it's the wrong, it's the wrong approach. It, it's a, it's a, you know, somebody was described to me as a, cut off your nose to spite your face approach. And, uh, and I, I think, you know, I guess what you have to hope is that, is that the, the national governing body will, will, will isolate on this issue. They'll think it through and they'll say, that's wrong, okay? We wish everyone was playing together. We wish there was one championship. But even though it's, you know, that's not the case today, we're, what we're not going to do is, uh, you know, go make uh, BYU or, or Air Force Academy or Navy, you know, the bad guys because they're not going to play in our championship. Did, you know, did we put the cart before the horse with the national championships? Um, you look at you know the way college football has become, you know, the king of the earth in the fall. It was it started with people just caring about, you know, UC Davis versus whoever their local rivalry was, and that's what people went and watched. You know, hundreds of thousands of people would pack in to watch, you know, Cal Stanford and and that sort of thing. But and then we develop into bowl games. Well, our group of teams is better than your group of teams. And then it wasn't until what I mean I'm not I'm not an expert here in college football, but it wasn't until what, the '90s that we actually started having national championship oh, a qualification system for it somehow instead of just voting at the end of the year to decide the national champion. I mean, it took college football a hundred years to come up with um, a national championship, and and their national championship is viable because of what they've done and the hard work that's been put in to to make it such a great sport. Otherwise, 
and we and they are still not willing to let go of how important a conference uh, championship and what it really means and 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 just completely sell out for a national championship. So did did rugby in the way that we've always coveted national championships um, more so than anything else? Did we put the cart before the horse, and are we now trying to? Seems like we did, and we're trying to go back and and uh, and fix it. Yeah, I, I think you're right, Dad. I mean, I, I think that's what the teams are trying to do. Um, and I think to a certain degree, that's what USA Rugby, its employees, and its, and its committees are trying to do. Uh, I don't know that we're all working together to try to build, you know, what, what, do, our, what do our competitions look like um, during the regular season altogether. But I, I think that's what's happening. We're, we're trying to go back now and, and, and do things that make sense. And, you know, conference, traditional conferences always made sense, but somehow we, we were caught in the spider web of what LAU are you in and, you know, what TU is, is the mothership to that LAU. And, and uh, you know, you look back on it and you go, what were we thinking? You know, <laughs> I mean, how, how was that a good idea? Right. But you know, that, that's what happened. And, and now we're trying to, we're trying to fix it. And I think you're exactly right that the focus should be on, on what we're doing um, during the regular season and, and let these teams do what they, what they want to do um, during the postseason. As long as, and, and good ideas are going to happen like this. I mean, think what the CRC has done. I mean, really, I mean, even if your team isn't in the CRC, even if they haven't been invited, even if you've never been on national television there, if your team hasn't, the value of your team has gone up since the CRC. More team, more people know about rugby. More, more college administrators, more college professors, more college fans know about rugby because of the CRC. It's been, it's been the single biggest thing um, that has happened to domestic rugby, and it happened outside of USA Rugby for the large part. I mean, it, you know, I mean, it wasn't like they, you know, they, there wasn't conversations, and there isn't some. I guess there's a licensing agreement thing, but but by and large, it, it's a championship that happens outside of USA Rugby, and it is the most important thing that's happened to college rugby, and it's helped every team, whether you've been invited to participate or not. And the idea that we're, we're not open to that, I mean, just let that happen. Let market forces happen, and let's spend our time, you know, you know during, during the regular season building competitions that make sense and, and, can, and can grow the game. You know, I got a, uh, a press release for a, a sevens tournament this weekend, and it said um, after the sevens became an Olympic sport, college sevens has exploded. It's, and I took that out because it's not true. It, it, that, that, that happened in October of 2009, and no colleges were paying any attention to sevens until nine months later when the CRC played. That's when it happened. And USA Rugby didn't start a, a, a championship until, what, a year and a half after that. Right. So, so, it, it, some, so many times something happens entrepreneurially uh, the Super League was was one of those, and while the Super League has now stopped, it lasted for an extremely long time, and USA Rugby hadn't produced uh, a similar thing. Uh, the 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 D1A when it started when, when I re- I remember being at a national championship uh, event in in Stanford, talking to Nigel Melville, we would and and, and I asked him, would, are we ever going to get an elite league, a Super League of of for college? And he said. Alex, it's it's very difficult. He said, um, "Who would you put in it?" And I started to list teams. And he said, "We we got to about six. And he said, "Okay, you probably need two more." I he said, "I think it'd be legitimate to have an eight-team league." Um, after that, you know, it becomes unwieldy, or there's a problem. So, well, it was never an eight-team league. It was a thirty-one-team league. Or I don't even know how many are in it now, but it's a lot, and it it doesn't seem to address. The main issue, I mean, you know, when, for example, when BYU first said that they were not going to be in the postseason in D1A, when they, they first announced it, I, Pat and I had a discussion about it. And I said, well, the, the problem for BYU is they still don't have any tough games. They could play their seconds in the conference they've been in in D1A and win it or at least finish second and uh, and take their first and go play somewhere else. So it, it it's not it's not created what we want. In in this game, and forget about a national championship. It's there. There are performance programs, and there are good, hardworking programs, and there are recreational programs. And 
there's nothing wrong with creating a gifted and talented magnet school for these performance programs and limiting it to, you know, there's certainly no more than 16, but, you know, eight, limiting it to a small number and saying that is, these are the best of the best. Jack, do you, do you think that's ever going to happen? Do you think you're, you're ever going to see it or are we seeing it with the Varsity Cup that, that that's going to be the place where the elite level will gravitate uh, uh, while you guard against it becoming too overblown, too big, too big for its own weight? Yeah, I, I, I don't really know. Um, I, I, I don't pretend to have that, uh, to have that crystal ball. I mean, I, I think there's still – if you look at the teams that are in D1A, I mean, there's still some really good teams. I mean, West Point is a good team, and Life Life College is a good team, and um, you know, Arkansas State's a good team. St. Mary's College is a good team. I mean, those, those are those are elite those are elite rugby teams. They're they're you know, I mean, they're in the top you know ten teams in the country, just like the Varsity Cup as some of the top ten teams in the country. So, you know, the idea that um, you know, you have to keep playing those teams, right? I mean, you know, in our case, the, the teams that are by us, we're, we want to keep playing them. We want to keep measuring ourselves against those teams. We don't want to, you know, we don't want to just play pack rugby and uh, we don't want to just play in the varsity cup. We want to, we want to keep playing all, all the teams. I, I went out of my way this year to, you know, we're going to, we're going to try to recreate our California Invitational. We've been away from campus for a while, so it's uh, it's probably a, um, a we're probably biting off too much in year one back on campus, but um, you know, we, we had really built up the California Invitational as a as a, a four team two day invitational. Uh, we we talked earlier about that wasn't such a good idea, but we, we still like the concept and you know, we went out of our way to to invite some of these, you know, new varsity teams that are out there, you know, kind of reaching out to some of these teams that that are varsity or quasi varsity that have, you know, made a bit of a, you know, a name for themselves and say, well, c- come to Berkeley and come play us. I mean, we want to keep playing, um, you know, a wide, a, a wide diverse group of teams. You know, we want to, we want to anchor what we're doing in, in, in the pack conference, because that makes sense. And we want to grow that conference to include more good rugby teams. And, um, and, and of course, the vars- we see the Varsity Cup is a, is a great opportunity to, to grow the game. But listen, I mean, we got big plans for playing, you know, British Columbia. And we've got big plans for wanting to continue to play against the Gales from St. Mary's and, and all kinds of other teams. So um, th- there's enough weekends, I think. There's, there's not enough weekends to play everybody, but there's enough weekends over a three-year period to play everybody. And, and maybe that means that we continue to play – you know, the Red Wolves of Arkansas State from time to time. I mean, it'd be great. Well, I think that's going to wrap it up. And Jack, uh, really appreciate you taking the time to talk to us about 47 different things that we did talk about. Um, and appreciate it. And best of luck with the Cal team in the seventh season this fall. Yeah, well, thank you very much, Alex, Pat, Bruce. Thank you very much for your time. I enjoyed being on with you. See you in College Station. Yeah, greatly appreciate it. And, uh, Hopefully we can hopefully we can figure out a way to schedule a game this spring if I can get a schedule that I need to follow before I can set up some other stuff. But I, I know we've talked about it, and it's always been enjoyable. So hopefully we can get out to your new facility in California at some point, and you may even consider inviting us to your California Invitational Tournament. And we want to thank again uh, our sponsors of this show, USA 7's Tournament. 2013, February 8th, 9th, and 10th in Las Vegas. Go to USA7s.com. Also, go to USA7s.com and click on the links for the Las Vegas Invitational for the LVI, where you can also play in the largest tournament in the country. Hookerwines.com, a sponsor of Rugged Matrix America, and also on on RugbyMag.com and TheRugbySite.com. We're happy to have them on as well. And thanks a lot for listening to this 99th edition of Rugga Matrix America. Mm-hmm.